When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Bears Brothers podcast and postgame show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready, because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to this bonus special emergency episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. Today is Saturday, September 1st, and I want you to take note of where you are at this moment because, or when you just found out the big news, because the Bears have pulled it off. They have landed an all-pro linebacker, Khalil Mack. This is your host, Will DeWitt, and I'm currently dumbfounded as I woke up to this news, and I'm still questioning, am I dreaming or not? So to help me decide if this is reality or an altered state, I'm joined by both of my Bears brothers. I have Brandon Hazlett and Nicholas Moriano to share our instant analysis of this blockbuster deal. And guys, I just have to know, what was your first thought when you heard the news early this morning? And let's go to B first. Yeah, so I woke up and I had a, a text from my friend. He's like, Ryan Pace has some balls. Max <laughs> coming to Chicago. And then I was like, no, that's just got to be the rumor speculation, you know, and I'm scrolling through Twitter and that's just all my Bears feed is, is Cleo Mack coming to Chicago. And if I could pinch you, Will, I would, because I've been awake long enough that I think I believe this now. So, yeah, I have some coffee in me and I'm starting to expect this is reality, but it just feels like such, it's so good. Uh, it, it has to be a dream, right? Is it Nick? Am I, if this is, is this real life? This is real life. And just yeah. like Brandon, I woke up to a text message to my one friend, uh, NIU fan. Iowa plays NIU this morning. He said, Mac to the Bears. I'm like, wait, what? No way. Go to Twitter. You see Ian Rappaport. You see Adam Johns. And that's when it hit me that Khalil Mack's going to be a Chicago pair. And it's crazy. It's crazy that we have a up-and-coming primetime player at the you know opposite edge. And, oh, man, it's just it's amazing. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk about what we expect out of Khalil Mack here in Chicago because – you know, we've heard the rumblings for over a month now, and I personally didn't think it was going to happen. I didn't think, uh, you know, Pace had that conviction on Mac, but we were wrong. And I know uh, what Adam Hogue was talking about uh, on the last podcast. Like, oh, so we can do give up two first rounders. And it was like that pause. And then they're like, yeah, we're exploring all <laughs> options. And here we are talking about this trade a week later. So Khalil Mack, who is he? Well, he's a three-time Pro Bowler, a two-time All-Pro, 
the uh, 2016 AP Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, he was 16th in the NFL's top 100. Uh, he was fifth the year before. So, guys, real quick, does that mean we're not shut out in the top 100? We have Cleo Mack. He is a bear. Yeah, I mean, I, don't I guess so. Out. Yeah, because I know we've been shut out for quite some time. So we definitely <laughs> have a player who was in the top 100. And in the last two seasons, Cleo Mack has finished in the top 10 in the league in sacks. And for what it's worth, uh, the last time the Bears had a Pro Bowler on defense. Uh, Tim Jennings in 2013. So Khalil Mack obviously is very welcomed here in Chicago. And guys, let's go ahead and just begin this discussion um, on your thoughts on how he's going to impact this defense from a pass rushing standpoint, because that's why, you know, he's Khalil Mack can do a lot of things well, but primarily we brought him in uh, to help out with the pass rush. And like I mentioned, uh, he's finished in the top 10 in sacks twice. Uh, he had 40 and a half sacks throughout his four years so far in the league. 36 and a half have came in the last three years alone. So I'm going to go over to Nick here. What are your thoughts? Well, this is also a guy who hasn't missed a game in his career as well. So it's a guy that can stay healthy. He's been productive and one of the best at his position. And now, obviously, pass rusher was a concern for the Bears going into the season. There wasn't a lot of depth at that position. But now you add a Cleo Mack opposite of a Leonard Floyd. That changed the dynamic for everything. You once had to maybe double team Leonard Floyd, but now you have to put that double team towards Khalil Mack. Leonard Floyd's going to free up. These guys, uh, Keem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, the job gets a lot easier because you add such a dynamic playmaker in Khalil Mack to that to that defensive side of the ball. Vic Fangio's got to be ecstatic to get a guy like this in his prime. So it just changes up the whole dynamic of the defense because they could do so much more. The secondary becomes better because there's not going to be as much time for the quarterback to throw. So it changes everything. It honestly does. It changes, you know, not just uh, everything on this defense, but for the team as a whole, because now you have a defense uh, that should be, you know, terrorizing quarterback, skinning off the field rather quickly, putting the ball in Trubisky's hands more times than not. And for defense last year that finished in the top 10 uh, in both, you know, total yards allowed and sacks, this is very exciting news. Uh, let's go over to Brandon here. Your thoughts about Cleo Mack from a pass rush standpoint. Yeah. I mean, Nick brought up the, the scheming thing as far as you have to game plan around it, but then I, was watching his top 10 career plays this morning because why not you know and uh, a lot of his highlight real plays are when he's fighting off double teams like he gets to the quarterback almost just as quick as if he would if he was one-on-one so that's just another reason to, to really be excited I mean he does it with such ease as well so I mean you could throw double teams at him and you know his sack numbers have gone down year by year just a tiny bit but that's because teams are having to game plan around him and that makes a huge difference uh, like Nick just said so but even when you watch his career highlights I mean he gets around these double teams with ease sometimes. And it's just like satisfying that we can see that on Sundays here in Chicago now. Yeah, because without him, there's no one besides a Leonard Floyd and an Akeem Hicks that you would have to even think about double teaming. And now it just opens the door for those guys because, Nick, you mentioned it. All the focus is going to be on Khalil Mack. So now with Leonard Floyd being freed up a little bit more, Akeem Hicks, who last year uh, with after Floyd's injury was the primarily the only pass rusher we had, Teams are going to forget about 96, and that's a mistake as well, but that's okay because uh, Cleo Mack is someone who they must pay attention to. So not only will they pay attention to him, open things up for the other playmakers on this defense in the front seven, but Cleo Mack is someone who can still do the damage despite those double teams. So it's, it's like a win-win situation here for this Bears defense. 
And I just want to, you know, credit Ryan Pace for having the conviction and making this move uh, because he just made a position with huge questions around it into its strength. And he did it earlier as well in terms of the wide receiver group earlier in the offseason. And now he did it again with the outside linebackers because, Nick, we're going through our 53-man roster. Neither of us were comfortable with the four or five guys that we put out there. We were like, it's Leonard Floyd, Sam Acho, and then it's just question mark after question mark after question mark. And now it's, you're pairing Leonard Floyd with an Akleo Mack, and then Sam Macho is your number one guy coming out of the rotation. And it just makes you feel so much more comfortable with the unit as a whole and what kind of uh, expectations we should have now from the outside linebackers. So we just turned uh, the biggest weakness on the entire team into one of the biggest strengths on the entire team as well. So for me, uh, doing that twice in one offseason is a remarkable feat from Ryan Pace and just you know, pat himself, pat him on the back if you ever see him again. Next time I see him, I will, uh, because that is just phenomenal. Seriously, I don't have any of the words to say besides, you know, like, wow, I did not expect him to find a way to get this done, and he did. And on top of that, all the rumblings in the last few days is he might go to Green Bay. But now it's like the, what, the third player slash coach that we have kind of taken from the Packers <laughs> yep. this offseason? I mean, it feels good because if it all went the other way, I would be petrified. And now it's, yes. it's, it's the script is totally flipped. Anything you guys want to add here before I kind of bring it on to note another discussion? Any thoughts that are just coming through your head? I do yeah. want to. Yeah, go ahead, Brandon. No, I was going to say this takes a lot of pressure off Roquan Smith as well when you think about it. Uh, after the holdout and then the tight hamstring, I'm not really practicing. We're kind of like, well, he needs to kind of get out there on the field. He is this playmaker that can stretch the whole field, can cover everything. And we're going to, I think we were going to really depend on him without a pass rusher, you know, of Cleo Max stature on, on uh, Sam Macho's side because Sam Macho's not much of a, a pass rusher, but so Roquan would have been asked, I think, to cover a lot of his side of the field. Uh, but now with Kill Mac out there, I mean, Roquan's kind of breathing a sigh of relief. Like I've got time to be able to learn this a little bit more uh, and be able to get some more valuable reps in, I guess, uh, because Kill Mac can be back there creating havoc in the backfield, allowing me to create, you know, plays out in space out here to be able to cover guys that quarterbacks just be able to do a quick read and not see, you know, they're going to see Roquan Smith. They're not going to throw it his way. So I think that takes a lot of pressure off of him as far as uh, his expectation to perform. So many good young linebackers on this team. It really gets me excited for what's to come, not just this year, but in the future um, as this team continues to get better, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I think this defense, uh, we'll talk about it later, but probably might jump into the top five now if things work out. And that offense, uh, give it some time to gel, give them some time to uh, figure things out. Uh, who knows? This is getting really interesting here in Chicago. What a what a way to cap off uh, the offseason now with the regular season right in front of us. But Nick, I know you had a point you wanted to make. Yeah, just I want to reiterate what you said, Will, just with Ryan Pace. He said that wide receiver was a position that you can overhaul easily. And we saw what he did with, you know, the decision not to bring back Cameron Meredith to now getting Taylor Gabriel, you know, Allen Robinson, all those guys, Anthony Miller. And then you see outside linebacker also does the same thing a day before or, you know, just a, a couple days before the regular season is about to begin. You bring Khalil Mack and that just changes the dynamic of those outside linebackers, that position. And again, you, you mentioned that they've been beating Green Bay in this offseason, really, you know, taking these guys away from them. And that's what you want to see. Going into Green Bay, the Bears got to be confident in themselves just as what they've done in the offseason. Sunday night's going to be exciting. But let, let's go into the further discussion with Khalil Mack. Awesome. All right. So I want to mention uh, not only is he disruptive in terms of applying pressure and getting the sack, but when he's not getting the sack, he's still disruptive. He had, uh, what, 55 quarterback hurries a year ago, which was the fifth best uh, out of all the edge rushers. Uh, and 80% of his rushes come from the left side, just to kind of show you where you know he primarily does line up. 
But it's just interesting, guys, because not only is he going to be getting the quarterback hurry, he's getting the quarterback hits, applying the sacks, but he's also a really strong run defender. I'm trying to find it here in my notes that I just kind of threw together real quick. Um, but all right, so it's he had what the lowest tackles he's ever had for a season, 54. And for an edge defender, that's a really strong number. Uh, last year, he had an 11.2 run stop percentage, and that was the best out of all edge defenders who played at least 325 run down. So not only, again, can he uh, disrupt the quarterback, but when teams are rushing the football, he's also disrupted there as well. And he also accounted for 40 plays that led for a loss uh, for opposing offenses a year ago when rushing the ball. So dynamic player in all facets of the game here. So flipping it from a pass rush standpoint to a run defender, uh, I want to know your guys' thoughts about how he's going to impact this defense and maybe some other players on this team. Because when you have someone of his caliber who can stop the run as effectively as a Khalil Mack and an Akeem Hicks up front, and then also Brandon, you mentioned, or Roquan Smith, who can, you know, eat up, you know, make all these tackles in space as well. And now we're also forgetting, you know, a Danny Trevathan and an Eddie Goldman. So many ways that this trade affects this defense. Uh, looking at it now in terms of a run defense kind of standpoint, I'm curious to your thoughts. Let's go to B first. Oh, this absolutely like seals the deal as far as I don't want to say best pass rush or run defending defense. But when Akeem Hicks last year said, you know, our, our number one priority is stopping the run. And we can see that game in and game out. And I imagine that that's going to be continued uh, throughout this next uh, season here as well. I mean, that's got to be real scary for teams uh, as far as how to game plan, how to run the ball, because even with, with Leonard Floyd on the other side, who's going to be able to get in the backfield from time to time, he's disciplined. He's going to be able to set the edge. Then you look at the other side and now you got Cleo Mack, who's looked at as one of the top run defenders out there. They really only have to go up the middle. If you're looking for a, a quote unquote viable option, my Dr. Evil air quotes there. Um, so you know, they almost have to go up the middle, which Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman are there. And Eddie Goldman is just as good at plugging up that a gap as any other nose tackle that I've seen out there. So, I mean, they, they're really making it tough for teams to be able to even pick a side or where, what gap to attack as far as run goes. Yeah. Uh, you know, last year, Chicago, right in the middle of pack in terms of the run defense, they gave up about 112 yards per game on the ground, which was 16th in the NFL. So right there in the middle of the pack. So obviously this is going to shore that up just a little bit as well. They gave up 4.2 yards per carry. So everything is right in the middle of the pack in terms of the run defense. Nick, you know, you're already returning a top 10 unit. Now you're going to, in your middle of the pack on defense, I know the secondary is going to be smiling. We talked about that in terms of pass rush a little bit. We can talk about it more in a minute. But how does he elevate, you know, a 16th unit and, you know, run defense? And if he can propel that into the top 10, how does that impact the rest of the defense as well? Well, I mean, again, Sam Macho is a good guy to set the edge, but now you have a Cleo Mack that just further improves it. And that's an aspect in the defense where the Bears could have gotten better last season. And now you get more, you get a Cleo Mack that's going to obviously jump the numbers up for that Bears defensive standpoint at that. So how it makes it better? Again, you don't have to uh, rely, you don't have to necessarily rely on the middle linebackers as much to get, you know, the flow to whatever side the ball is going to because you can rely on those edge guys. Khalil Mack's a guy that you can just rely on. He's not going to lose his assignment. He knows how to win the one-on-one matchups. So it just, again, like we've said, makes everybody's job easier. For Roquan Smith, who's you know going to be a little smaller guy, Dan Trevathan, known as smaller inside linebackers, makes their job easier because they can then utilize their speed to just maybe make up the wrap-up tackle and anything like that. So Khalil Mack, a game-changer on that side of the edge, and most likely he's going to be on the edge where Akeem Hicks is at. Right. So, again... That is not something as an offensive lineman. You see Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, maybe Dan Trevathan, Roquan Smith. As an offensive lineman, you're just shaking your head like, all right, let's see how this play goes. 
Yeah, it's going to be real interesting. Now, real quick, I, I want to mention something else here because this just dawned on me. Getting back to uh, the pass rush standpoint of this, guys, I want to know your thoughts. Do we have three players who can potentially finish with double-digit sacks with Floyd Hicks and now Cleo Mack? I believe so. If Floyd could stay healthy, for sure. Yeah, I mean, Floyd's health is going to be key to him getting double-digit sacks, but I think it's definitely possible. It's interesting because, again, I know Floyd, he hasn't got there yet, and it's been he's been close, and we'll see if he can put together a full season, if he can do it. Um, but Akeem Hicks is someone who's always been like right there as well. And now you bring in Mac. I mean, it's really – if we have three guys who finish in double-digit sacks, this is going to be a top-five defense. There's- Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. There's no other way you can cut it if that's going to happen. Plus, we're not, we still haven't even mentioned the linebackers. I haven't talked about uh, you know, Don Bullard, Roy Robson-Harris, a little bit of Eddie Goldman so far. So everyone here is going to get uh, benefited uh, from this addition. But, guys, I want to ask you, out of all the players on defense, who's going to benefit from this trade the most? I know that's a very tough question before we actually see uh, Mac out there in uniform and in game situations. But I'm curious your thoughts as we're kind of projecting forward here. What Bears defender is going to benefit the most from Khalil Mack's, uh, you know, now appearance or presence on this Bears defense? And let's go to Brandon first because he looks very deep in thought. I am. Uh, I'm kind of torn. I think it's going to be Leonard Floyd because he was the guy that teams. Yeah, I know, Nick. I'm sorry. Um, but I, he's always the guy that the teams had to key on because he's was prior to Cleo Matt coming the best pass pressure that the Bears had as far as outside linebackers go. So edge guys are always looking at Leonard Floyd. How do we game plan against him? We know he's been able to make plays and they, you know, when he's healthy for the most part, he makes his impact known, but still struggles from time to time uh, because he's being double teamed. But now they, now there's obviously Cleo Mack on the other side. And now all the attention has to go there, which leaves Leonard Floyd one-on-one, which we know more times than not as a matchup that he's going to be able to, to take advantage of. So I think Leonard Floyd uh, definitely is the one guy uh, that benefits the most from this trade. Well, what about you, Nick? You know, I'm going to go with Akeem Hicks because a lot of the pressure was on him. Double teams, everything. He had the game plan against Akeem Hicks because he was the most consistent Bears defensive player last season, even before that. So now you had Khalil Mack. And now Akeem Hicks' job gets so much easier. He just, he's going to go up the middle. He's going to be able to get those one-on-one matchups. And Akeem Hicks has been a guy proven that he can take on double teams and win that matchup. And Khalil Mack's the exact same guy, even to maybe a better extent now. So I think Akeem Hicks' job just gets so much easier. And easily could have been, we could have said the linebacker to Leonard, you know, Leonard Floyd's another good one. But I'm going to give it to Akeem Hicks. So his season, uh, I just expect even more from him because now he's playing with a Khalil Mack. I'm can sure. You- go ahead. Can you imagine a stunt move that features Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks? Aaron Rodgers' face right now has just got to be <laughs> like, you know, with that gif where he has the uh, the whatever, the pad or whatever, and throws it down on the ground just looking at it. That's exactly what he's going to look like come Sunday night. You mean the gif? The gif, gif, whatever you want to pronounce it. <laughs> I just wanted to throw out my side of the argument there. But, no, I bet you ever since Akeem Hicks, probably every single bear actually, but Akeem Hicks found out about this news, a smile has not left his face because – his season just got so much easier in front of him. It's going to be 
uh, it's going to be a sight to see, especially what you said, Brandon, about the stunts between those two. You can get real creative in how you want to you know, deploy both those pass rushers. It's going to make for some, uh, some interesting uh, football coming up here in Chicago. But, guys, looking at Oakland real quick, you know, in there, or while there, I should say, uh, Mac was never really surrounded by a good unit. And now he's joining this top 10 defense. And, of course, I mentioned this earlier, this is a defensive finish already seventh in sacks a year ago. I want to know, we already talked about how he's going to impact some of these other players on this defense. But now let's look at it from Mac's perspective. How does joining a defense with already some really strong talent surrounding him uh, just going to enhance his game? Because uh, he's going to, obviously he was pretty damn good in a subpar defense. How's he going to fit in a defense that's already really strong? And Nick, I want to go to you first. You know, a lot of the time I feel like that Mac has had the pressure on him. And I think he thrives in that, having the pressure on him to make a play each and every down. But now that that pressure gets spread along the entire defense to make plays, not just him. And I know that he, regardless, he's going to want that pressure on him. But Mac is just a guy that now being added to a group that has a lot of playmakers around it, again, it just enhances everything that, that happens there. Um, just from Vic Fangio's defensive, like his perspective, he can do a lot more with it. Um, obviously, Sam Macho is a viable player, but he wasn't a game changer like Cleo Mack is. So coming to a defense that already has uh, a lot of weapons, it just makes, again, it's the theme of the show. Like it just makes everything easier for him. Yeah. I mean, for no, every one of those defense, their jobs just got a little bit easier, no matter which way you spin it, which course it's that kind of symbiotic relationship that can really uh take this defense to the next level and i think that's why pace went out here and made this trade but let's go over to you b anything you want to add yeah there was uh on twitter i wish i could give credit to the guy but he was saying that how an ex raiders coach said that he's just an a-plus guy works hard on and off the field and you kind of you get what you're paying for and he's going to be the highest defensive played player uh from what i've seen uh this year so He's going to be bring so much competition. Everything's going to get easier for everybody, but he's going to bring so much competition as well because Leonard Floyd's probably going to look at him and go, well, if he's going to bring that much attention, then I can obviously improve my craft, and then we'll just be so much better. And Mix is going to do the same thing. I think they're all going to want to improve and try and beat the, the guy that gets the most sacks on the team. I think that'd be a really cool uh, competition to have between those guys. Who ends up with the most sacks? I bet that gets really competitive. And Cleo Max, from the sounds of it, isn't a guy that's going to want to back down from any sort of competition. So if there's that going on in the locker room, I think it's going to be a really fun year on defense. Yeah, that's actually a really great point that you bring there. We're talking about uh, earlier throughout the show how he's going to impact like a Leonard Floyd in terms of like, you know, schematically after everyone's focusing over on 52. I'm assuming he'll wear 52 over here in Chicago. And, you know, with the less attention on Floyd, he should be able to, you know, get into the backfield just a little bit easier. But that's a great point that you bring up in terms of Khalil Mack should be a great teacher, a great role model for someone like a Leonard Floyd to learn some set, you know, additional pass rush moves, to learn to craft just a little bit better. Uh, so for someone who's already mastered it and a Khalil Mack, for Leonard Floyd to have him to learn from, I think it's going to be you know hugely beneficial for uh, Leonard Floyd's future as well. So that's a really great point that you bring up there. Uh, so, and you also mentioned, uh, this is already in my notes, but I want to kind of bring it on now since you already brought it up. Uh, Mac, he's an A-plus kind of guy. He's a high character. He's someone who is always you know, voted a captain while in Oakland. And I want to know, how do you guys see him fitting in this already tight-knit locker room that the Bears have, especially on defense? Let's go to Nick first. Yeah, and he was known as a leader, the leader of that Raiders team. Even though Derek Carr is there being obviously a quarterback, he was a leader there. And team, the players, I was just watching videos earlier this morning saying that he was he really changed his franchise. So you're bringing a guy with that that character, that those natural leadership abilities and add that to a defense that already has a couple of leaders in Akeem Hicks, 
Dane Trevathan, and we hope uh, Roquan Smith becomes that guy. But you add a lot of these, I guess, alpha dogs. And, you know, that's a good thing. You're adding all these high-character guys, guys that have, you know, produced. And that's what you want to see. Um, Khalil Mack being a guy that, you know, rejuvenated that Raiders franchise. Now you add that to Chicago. And, again, that's only going to enhance everybody else because, look, it, I did this there. Bring that here to Chicago. Good things are going to happen. What about you, B? Anything you want to chime in with? Yeah, I don't think you want you want too many leaders. You know, I think you can kind of get some heads to the butt, and that could create some some conflict issues. I don't see that being an issue. I think that Akeem Hicks is, you know, being the more vocal guy on the defense is going to be able to accept Cleo Mack and all these opportunities with open arms. And I think he would be the one that would resolve any sort of alpha dog conflict there that you're talking about, Nick. If foreseen any, because you get too many in a room, and I could kind of see there being problems. But for the most part, I think all these guys are going to be so open minded about you know, looking around at each other and being, look at this room. There's so much talent here. Let's just go and get it. You mm-hmm. know, I, that's, that's ultimately what I see happening is a key mix, just taking all the open arms, you know, and accepting Klimek. If he ends up being a captain and that means Danny Trevathan's not, or Oquan Smith ends up not being that guy, then I think that's totally fine because Klimek is, is absolutely suited for that position. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out really. And for me, it'll depend on their perspective in a locker room because they can look at it, you know, in terms of like having all these, we can call them alpha dogs since that apparently is going to be the term that we're going to throw out throughout <laughs> the show. Um, but if you're going to have all those leaders on defense, you can either be selfish about it and like, I want to be the guy, or we can all be the guys for whoever it needs to be. And if we can be a stronger uh, leaders collectively, I think that would be the best, you know, in the best interest for this bears defense moving forward. Yes. And I believe that's going to be the mindset. I think Vic Fangio kind of preaches that Matt Nagy kind of preaches that as well, you know, for the betterment of the team, you know, you know, be you number one, of course, be your best self uh, because that's what makes, things you know special your uniqueness is what makes you you uh, which of course i love and i think if they all kind of you know focus on that i don't see really any issues because he's a high character guy he's not someone you know who's a little bit selfish a little bit conceited he's someone who is out there for his teammates i think you have that across the entire bears roster now and we've been talking about it for years with brian pace bringing in some high character guys especially more so this offseason guys who are not just great players but also great people off the field and I think, you know, we've been doing that enough now where it's going to start to show. I think you're going to really see the brotherhood uh, on this team really take uh, some giant steps, especially now with Max presence. I already felt it this offseason. So now it just kind of takes that next step. So with all of this, I'm curious why I want to take this conversation. Do you guys have anything you want to mention? Because, you know, we're processing a lot of information, of course, as we're going throughout this show, because. I didn't expect to have this bonus episode on a Saturday. I'm not complaining one bit, but it was not what I expected to do when I woke up this morning. I was actually planning on taking the kid to the park. I still will after the show, but that was like my first thing is like, let's go to the park before it gets too hot out. Enjoy a little bit of this holiday weekend. But uh, what about you guys? Anything you want to take this conversation? Because there are a few other elements we could take it. I think it just shows that Ryan Pace, the Chicago Bears, they're serious about winning right now. You know, this is not just obviously bringing in a whole bunch of new pieces this season. It's going to take some time to gel. But you had a guy like this, you know, giving up what they gave up. We still don't know the exact, but two first round picks seems like what it is. And then maybe a little bit more. But it shows that the Bears are serious. This is not going to be a team that just, you know, starts, to you know, up and coming this season and, you know, maybe miss the playoffs. This this is an addition that now maybe we're looking at nine and seven, ten and six. They're going to December football is going to be meaningful for the Chicago Bears this season. Let's just say that. I think they're going to be in primetime position with a Khalil Mack addition to make a run somewhere. Maybe not, you know, winning the vision yet, but they're going to be close. 
in prime time position with the Khalil Mack edition. That that's some serious <laughs> stuff you got going over there, Nick. I like that a lot. That's a great point. Let's actually talk about this real quick. Let's talk about what they gave up and how we feel. Because personally, uh, we don't know exactly what it is yet. It's going to be a lot, and of course, they're going to pay him a ton of money to secure him in Chicago. Um, but let's just focus on the two first rounders because that's what we know for sure. And I'm curious your thoughts on it because personally, I'm okay with it. Of course, you want to keep as many first round picks as possible. Um, but I think Khalil Mack has enough talent that uh, warrants two first rounders. I think he has more talent and he's going to impact this defense or this team more than maybe the two first rounders would here in Chicago. So for me, I'm okay with it because he's going to be on this defense for the next five, six years plus, And it's going to be, you know, you're not going to have to worry about a Khalil Mack. And I think, like you said, Nick, it proves they want to win now. And I think all the offseason moves that he have made that we have made here in Chicago from Matt Nagy to every single coach afterwards, to all the you know, free agent acquisitions, to how he drafted this year, being aggressive, trading up in the second round to go get your Anthony Miller. I think they have proven time in and time out that they do want to win now and they believe they can. And the confidence that they have in this and the conviction they have to go out here and make these moves makes me confident as a fan. I'm the most confident in this team I have been in over a decade, and I'm glad to be doing this show now for our fourth year because I think if this would have been our first year, we wouldn't have even been nearly as ready for what's to come. And now we've had, you know, we personally have our feet wet. But since our time on the show, I think it's a complete 180 how I feel about this team. I've never been so confident in the direction of this franchise in a decade maybe plus that uh, I don't even know words for it, which of course – is a good thing. If I don't even know how to feel personally yet in terms of like my excitement level, uh, that should speak volumes to uh, all of our listeners because I'm always the optimistic one. I am overly optimistic now in probably the best way possible. But what about you, B? Yeah, I'm I'm 100% on board with you. I woke up this morning and I, I'm timid to, you know, before today I was timid to say that the Bears are even going to reach 500. Still, you know, the outside linebacker is going to be a key position this year as far as getting the quarterback and I wake up this morning I'm like this is a plus 500 team now and I feel confident saying that I have no issue saying that I when we did the the schedule breakdown you know I said those first four games are going to be iffy but now I'm just 100 like totally confident that we can win a majority of those four games we can win the first quarter of the season and that's really going to set the tone and I, I think that they can absolutely do that but even giving up the the two first rounders uh, it's something that strikes me as you know that's okay because you look at who the the core guys are for the bears so far with you know Tariq cohen eddie jackson adrian amos eddie goldman uh nick kwiatkowski we could throw in there i mean those five guys were not drafted in the first round you know so i'm i'm okay with giving up those two first rounders that doesn't that doesn't hurt me any aside from mitch trubisky roquan smith and leonard floyd those guys are all taking the first round good talents don't get me wrong but we're not missing anything by uh giving away those two because a, a lot of good talent has come out of these late late early rounds mid round kind of kind of draft picks so I'm okay with not having those first rounders I want to say we're not missing anything we're still going to miss out on some first we're, round talent but I know what you we mean are, I know we're, I know what you're getting at well then even when we look at the depth of the positions I mean what's our next need that's that's, awesome. that's my point too I wanted to bring right. up like you'd look at the you know every year you're going like if we didn't get a Cleo Mack we're looking in the first round looking for another edge guy oh absolutely now we don't have to worry about that so maybe you just say the one there's that one first round pick right there then you project out to the future on both sides of the ball. Maybe offensive line is a spot right. where you're wondering maybe we can use a first-round pick. But at all phases of the game, offense and defense, any position, there's not one that I say we need a first-rounder there to overhaul you know, the unit whatsoever. And again, this is the NFL. Things change rather quickly. But 
at least from our standpoint right now, I don't see a position that you would need a first rounder for a few years. So, and I, I believe Pace sees that as well. That's why he was comfortable making such a move like this. So, right. yeah, that's a really good point there as well that we have the depth. Uh, we have some core guys. And of course, we're going to have to pay some of these guys coming up here too, uh, which, of course, Max Contract. When we find out that, we can talk about how that's going to affect the cap. I know with the new CBA coming up, it's going to expand and we should be in you know good terms. And not, the Bears are very healthy in terms of their cap right now. So that's okay. So Nick, over to you. Your thoughts about what we gave up, the future, and all that. Yeah. So I mean, two first round picks. I don't have a problem with. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill request to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services. Getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. That Because you don't really know what a draft pick is going to be until maybe three, four years down the road. Let's be completely honest. They can have a good first year, sophomore slump. Third year, we'll see. three. The third, fourth year, you really know what you got out of your, your draft pick. So you give up your two first round picks, but you get an established, a up and coming the one of the best pass rushers in the league and that's what ryan pace was banking on these two first round draft picks you never know how they're going to go there can be injuries there can be uh coming from a small college trying to adapt to the nfl something just doesn't work out but no you have someone who's guaranteed a khalil mack is guaranteed to do what he's done and he's already been successful in the league for the four years he's been here been healthy been productive so that's why i don't have a problem with these first round picks being given up with that said um the Chicago, like I said, is wants to win now. Mac is here, and that's why the two first-round picks are not a big issue for Ryan Pace. It, again, it goes back to that conviction that he had for him. He knows that you know bringing this piece could change you know the, the entire season and moving forward, however long um, you know Mac and the Bears defense stays consistent. So Mac is here. Don't have a problem with the draft picks, and you know they're they're fine with that as well. It was funny. Yesterday, the Bears released like a little conversation with uh, George McCaskey, the guy who we've ran into a thousand times in the past, you know, yeah. year or two. I was upset he didn't mention us in the little piece, but uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it would have been cool though. But um, you know, he said like, I think Bears fans, you know, they've been patient with us, and I appreciate that. But I think they can see we're on the rise. I don't know if he knew what was coming up, but I definitely see it now. I definitely see the rise now. I mean, we've we've seen the franchise trending in the right direction this off season, and I know it's been one off season but it's been a hell of an offseason. It's been like the offseason of our dreams. It's like we had Madden and no salary cap, and we just did whatever the hell we wanted to do. <laughs> and that's pretty much what Ryan Pace did this offseason. I mean, he's worked within the cap, but I think you get my point. Like, they were able to bring in any player they needed at the positions. We got in the Allen Robinson. We got the Trey Burton. I mean, those were like dream scenarios. I'm like, oh, what happens if we get one of those guys? We brought you bring in up both. all the You bring in all the players. Let's not forget about Matt Nagy who the calculated risk thing's kind of starting to pay off here, I think. Kind of rubbing off on Ryan Pace a little bit. You can tell that these guys, uh, you know, they really share the same vision for the future of the Chicago Bears, and they're not afraid to go out there and obtain those dreams, aspire for greatness, and they're making the moves off the field that should translate to success on the field. All right, guys. Uh, I don't know where to take this, which is really interesting because I feel like, I mean, we could talk about this, you know, in some very informal forms for hours, but I'm trying to keep this as structured as possible real quickly. I know we haven't talked about the secondary too much, and I want to just do that briefly. I, know, I mean, it's pretty obvious how it's going to affect the secondary, but I'm curious of how much, because 
Uh, last year, you know, it was a top 10 unit in terms of uh, quarterback rating is only in like the 70s, uh, limiting guys to the air fairly well. But now if you're going to get another disruptor in the pocket, how much does it make their job easier? And then what do you expect from the secondary now? Because we've talked about the front seven in great depth, but I want to talk about the back end of this defense because their jobs are getting easier too. And I believe with uh, they are primed now to take what Brandon just mentioned, more calculated risks because the ball should be coming in there not nearly as accurate because the quarterbacks aren't going to be able to stand in the pocket. So they should be able to jump some of these routes, be a little bit more aggressive on this Bears defense. And hopefully, because I know the Bears were second la- second to last in the league last year interceptions, I just have a hunch now with Khalil Mack, the secondary is going to be ball hawking just a little bit more. And let's go to B first. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's going to open the door for Eddie Jackson and hopefully Adrian Amos to get more than one interception this year. I think that that definitely opens the door for the safeties to really play center field and on those deep balls if for some reason they're able to get one off. I I shouldn't say it that way because there's going to be chances where the quarterback's going to take shot downfield, but it's going to provide that, that opportunity for calculated risk because the quarterbacks know that they're not going to have a majority of the game to be able to do that because uh, they're going to have to face Cleo Mack, Leonard Floyd, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, some A-gap blitzes here and there. Uh, so he's, he, he's got a short timer, I think, when it comes to playing the Bears. So if he's going to take a chance downfield, he's going to have to make the most of his opportunities. Uh, and that's going to allow the, the safeties to be able to jump some of these routes and say, no, you're not even going to do that back here on the secondary, because I think they wouldn't be able to make a statement as well in some of these games. Uh, so I think it's really going to create some, some good competition to see who's going to be able to create the most turnovers, create the most sacks, the most tackles. I think that that Cleo Mack, obviously, is going to, you know, he's that A-plus character, and I think he's going to bring a lot more uh, than just on-the-field productivity. He's going to create some good camaraderie in, in the locker room. Brandon's really pulling for those inner team, you know, competitions this year, which I like. I, I agree. I mean, it does help, you know, them to achieve goals, aspire for, you know, more than just the status quo. So I like it a lot. Let's go over to Nick here. Um, what do you want to mention? Sorry, I'm just watching some Cleo Mack highlights over to my left. It's got my screen split, but with the secondary, there's not going to be as many deep shots. So from opposing teams because that ball is going to have to come out quick. That's going to change some scheme things because Cleo Mack, like you said, Cleo Mack, Leonard Floyd, they're going to have to get the ball out quick. And when they do pass the ball deep, uh, it's it's always going to be a risk. Is Cleo Mack going to get back there? Is Leonard Floyd going to get back there? Again, this ball has to come out quicker, which again, now these defensive backs, they usually for Vic Fangio system, always play a little bit further back. They always do. We're always wondering, okay, why can't we just play a little bit further up? A little press coverage. I think the corners are going to be able to do a little bit of that a little bit more this season, get, again, be in more primetime positions to get interceptions because that's something that the Bears defense does need to look, does need to improve upon, causing a little bit more turnovers. So Kyle Fuller, Prince Mukamura are going to benefit. Obviously, Amos and Jackson. So I think Khalil Mack, again, makes that defense uh, change a little bit of things they can do now because, again, it's gonna the ball's going to have to come out quicker. There's not going to be as many deep shots, and the Bears defense as a whole benefits from that. Nick, right back at you. Uh, it seems like Vic Fangio is kind of uh, mimicking what he did in 49ers a little bit, right, with a, bar, a with a Bowman, uh, with a Patrick Willis as well. And that's, of course, when he took a defense to the Super Bowl. I'm curious. Now, I'm not saying that's in our sights this season. I'm not going to complain if it does. Um, but do you think uh, that he's in the best position? I mean, he's taken this defense, you know, step forward every single year. But do you think now he uh, is being, you know, obviously this is like another reward for him for staying. And But I'm curious, like now with these kind of guys, uh, do you expect Fangio to really show us what he can do as a defensive coordinator? Oh, absolutely. I think now he has it all, you know, he has everything in place. He's got his linebackers. He's got his edge guys. Now we can see what Vic Fangio's defense is really about. And that's crazy to think because we thought, you know, 
up until this point. It, it's been really good. It's been improving. But now this is a, the season where we get to see everything. We've seen some, you know, corner blitzes, some like little trickery stuff here and there. But I think now this is where you see Vic Fangio get the most creative, the most where he can get the most out of his defense now adding Khalil Mack. And I mean, that's just exciting to see because it was a top 10 unit coming in. You expect it to, you know, top five, honestly, a top five unit now. So Vic Fangio is going to have fun. He's got Roquan Smith. He's got Khalil Mack. He's gotten all these guys on defense. He's got to be happy about it. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. So to wrap up this show, I want to just have some fun. I know that uh, expectations for Mac are going to be high, and that's honestly going to be warranted uh, with not just what we gave up via trade, uh, but he's going to have a huge contract coming his way. And, of course, he's a, you know, a former all-pro, pro bowler caliber type of player. Um, I think here being in the Chicago Bears defense, uh, expectations uh, being high is really something that we all should expect. So let's go ahead and predict some stats here. And I'm curious to where you think he's going to finish this season. And I want to begin with tackles. And just to give you some numbers, uh, throughout his four years, he finished with 59, 57, 54, and last year, 61. So again, this is a defense where he doesn't need to be the sole guy going out there and making all these plays. He has players around him who should be able to do uh, their jobs as well, which of course will adjust things just a little bit. But B, where does he finish in tackles? I'm going to consistently peg him here in the high 50s range. I'm going to give him, oh, I'll give him 59 again, uh, like he did in his rookie year in 2014. He doesn't seem like the guy that realizes like, oh, I've got other guys around me. I don't have to make the play. This A-plus character works really hard, does all the right things. Uh, tells me he's going to be around the ball a lot, just like Danny Trevathan or Eddie Jackson, Adrian Amos, uh, Akeem Hicks, guys that just consistently have to be around the ball. I think he's that kind of player as well, and I'm going to peg him with uh, with 59 tackles because he's just that kind of guy. He's just that kind of guy. What about you, Nick? <laughs> Is that where you're kind of ballparking this? Actually, I'm thinking he's going to have his lowest amount of tackles because who's going to want to run to that side with Akeem Hicks and a Khalil Mack? I think teams are going to want to go the opposite direction of those two high caliber players. So I'll give him 50, which I mean, still a great number for an edge guy. But just offensive, offensively, you're thinking, why go go towards the two best players on the defense? You want to run away from that. So I'll give him 50. That makes sense to me. All right, let's look at sacks. And over the last three years, like I said, he's had like 36 and a half. Um, but they go down, like Brandon mentioned too, and from 15 down to 11, down to 10 and a half. And of course, uh, he was the, like, the only one that teams had to focus on there in Oakland. Let's go back to Nick, though, for sacks. So again, he was the only guy there in Oakland, so they had the game plan for him. So I'm going to give him 12, 12 and a half, 13 sacks. I think that's a good number for Khalil Mack. Um, again, he's going to have some one-on-one opportunities when he gets those he's gonna be able to win them so 13 12 and a half to 13 sacks where I see him what about you B yeah I'm gonna give him 12 I think that he's gonna be able to increase that number you know from the decline bring it back up a little bit because there's other guys that have to be uh, accounted for in this Bears defense and I think that's gonna open the door for Klumek to to get a few more sacks this year all right what about tackles for loss I'm curious I mean that's a tough number to gauge but I feel like it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a pretty strong number especially if they do go his way uh with Hicks there with, of course, now you're going to have Mack on that side. I just feel like if teams try to test it, it's not going to bode well. So tackles for loss. Do you have the numbers of what he had yeah, before I was that? How about this? I'll give you quarterback hurries, which I know was 50, what, 55, I think, last I said last year. Yeah, 55 yeah. quarterback hurries. And then while you guys are debating that, I'll come right back to you for tackles for loss. 55. I think the Bears had, I think I saw a tweet, they had 100 all season. So that just shows you what Khalil Mack can do. <laughs> but QB hurries? We'll keep him in that 50 range, but I'll go a little bit higher, 50, 58, uh, somewhere along those lines. Uh, again, if you're adding 58 already to 100 that the Bears had, 
that's a lot of QB. Right. That's a lot of the ball getting out quick where the play's not being able to go to the full extent of, you know, what an offensive coordinator would have liked. So I think 58 is a good number. What about you, Brandon? Yeah, I think that since we're increasing his total sack number, that quarterback Curry number is just going to have to, you know, correlate and go a little bit higher. Uh, you said 58. I'll I'll one up you and I'll say 59. I'll do the <laughs> price is right thing on you because I, I just feel like that has to be uh, the correlation. Whether he's, you know, there's always, it seems like, with just Bears players, not even with Cleo Mack, that they're just kind of, we see and talk about it so many times that they're just a step late. You know, they're almost there. So with Cleo Mack being able to now be able to get those one-on-one opportunities, uh, I think we'll be able to see some more QB hurries in there. I like it. Um, so I have the numbers in front of me. So for tackles for loss, I'll give you every single year. His rookie year, he had 16. 2015, which of course has been his most productive year in terms of sacks as well. He had 23 tackles for a loss. Six <laughs> eyebrows raised, and I agree with that. Uh, two years ago in 2016, he had 17 and a half, and then last year was 15. So and anywhere from 16 to uh, 23 is what he's had so far in his career. So I know it's a lot to digest real fast. I mean, not really. It's just four numbers. But uh, <laughs> I'm curious to where you think he's going to finish tackles for loss. And let's go to Nick. We'll go 19. I think 19 is a good number there. Um, I don't think he gets that, you know, that career high for tackles for loss just because of what I said. Teams are going to want to run opposite way or whatever. So we'll go with 19 for the tackles for loss. All right, B, are you playing prices right or you have a you have an actual bid? <laughs> no, I have an actual bid. I'm going to say 17 uh, okay. because, like Nick said, they're not going to want to run to his side. So I think that's going to drop the amount of opportunity he gets to get a tackle for a loss. I'm not sure exactly. I mean, he is a very good athlete, but I'm not sure how quick he is crossing the field because he could be able to get some tackles for loss on those those bubble screens too if the opportunity's there and if he reads the play right. But I'm not sure that that number's going to increase a whole lot uh, because teams aren't going to want to run to his side where you get a lot of tackles for loss anyway. All right. Well, guys, I think it's time to wrap things up and let's do it with some final thoughts about this trade. Uh, we've had another 40 plus minutes to digest all of this information. We got to talk about it. So putting it all into perspective, the Bears trade for Khalil Mack eight days before the season begins in Green Bay. Final thoughts on this trade. And it's not going to be final thoughts because we're going to be talking about this for quite some time. But final thoughts right now, day one, hour like four. Let's go to next. <laughs> You know, it completes a defense and it completes this Bears, you know, from the offseason until now this regular season starting. The Bears are ready to make a big impact in 2018. Offensively, defensively, Khalil Mack was that that missing piece to, to complete the, the pass rushing position. Now the Bears have somebody that teams have to game plan for it week in and week out. And Green Bay is going to see it firsthand. So it was a great move by Ryan Pace. Shows that conviction again. When he wants a player, he will go get him. And I'm glad that he did, you know, you know, gave up whatever he gave up to get Cleo Mack because this was the missing piece. There we go. Let's go over to B. I'm giddy. I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm a lot more confident than I was a few months ago uh, about this team. Uh, I'm relieved that we don't have to rely on Aaron Lynch to be that, that guy opposite of Leonard Floyd. You know, that definitely takes pressure off him, definitely takes pressure off other guys on the defense just because of his playmaking ability. Teams, you know, like Nick said, they have to be able to game plan for it. Uh, kind of in the theme of the show, just schematically you have to game plan for Cleo Mack. Uh, so I'm just really excited to see what this defense is going to be able to do. I, I I love it. I'm excited. I'm really excited to meet with uh, Titletown Sound off to preview this show uh, next week. Uh, just interested to see what he's going to have to say. Because, uh, you know, this is the fourth guy that we took from Green Bay this <laughs> offseason. So I'm I'm excited to see what he's going to have to say for that. And just really excited for Sunday night. I'm ready to see it in action. Yeah, good stuff. So for me, guys, 
uh, this is one of those momentous trades, one of those momentous moments that is going to you know, alter the future of this franchise. Uh, and we'll see exactly how it pans out. But it's hard to see how this one won't make the future a little bit more brighter, if not a t lot more brighter. I still remember where I was uh, over a decade ago when the Bears traded for Jay Cutler. And I bet you 10 years from now, I'm going to remember where I was when the Bears traded for Khalil Mack. I was laying in my bed, waking up, scrolling <laughs> through my phone. Things change so fast. But uh, no, for this trade, I mean... You guys already hit on all the great points, right? Ryan Pace, you know, pat him on the back for making such a great move, having conviction to turn this uh, a weakness position into one of his strength. Like Brandon, you mentioned, we don't have to wonder what an Aaron Lynch is going to provide uh, out there starting at outside linebacker, which, of course, is great news for all Bears fans because we have no idea what we have in Aaron Lynch. We'll see if you, I mean, we have roster cuts coming up later on today. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll see if we have to mention Aaron Lynch again. Just saying. We'll see. We'll see because who in the world knows. But getting back to uh, Khalil Mack, he's going to someone who's going to benefit not just the defense, but this entire team is going to be a great locker room presence. Someone who's going to, uh, you know, embody what it means to become a Chicago Bear. And if things work out exactly how I am anticipating them doing, right, another five to six years plus of him being a Pro Bowler, an All Pro type of linebacker, type of edge defender, not just getting after quarterbacks, but being a great run defender. When he retires. He's going to retire a Chicago Bear, and he's not going to, you know, he's going to look back at his time in Oakland, you know, maybe finally. I don't know him. I don't know. I, I'm assuming not, especially how it soured out at the end. But he's someone who can really turn things around and, well, not turn things around, but come to Chicago, put together an entire new career here as well, and retire a Chicago Bear. And who knows, he has the potential to end up as one of the all-time greats at his position as well. And for the Bears to go out there and bring him in, uh, just shows what kind of aspirations they have for this team, not just now, but for the future, uh, the years coming up. So for me, ecstatic about this trade. I don't know if I sound ecstatic, but I am ecstatic. I'm just <laughs> trying to put, you know, emotions into words. And sometimes that's a little bit difficult, especially when uh, sometimes uh, you hear news and you still don't know if you believe it. It's just that good. It's too good to be true, which is my fantasy football name and our fantasy <laughs> league guys. So I, I had to plug it. Too good to be true. T-R-U, like Trubisky. Feel free to copy it for your league as well. All right, that's going to do it for this show as well. I know we had a bunch of people watching live. I think at one point I saw 500, which is absolutely crazy. ridiculous. I mean, crazy. And for those of you who maybe this is your first time uh, finding our show, uh, definitely subscribe to our channel if you are a Bears fan. We do uh, Bears post-game shows, which is something we've done now. This is going to be our fourth year. And on top of that, we have five parts of our preview every single week. So it's going to be a fun season ahead. Hope you found us and that you like the show and just stick around with us and see if you like it just a little bit more. And Brandon, do you have a final thought? I do. Uh, I, we talked about how we need to pat Ryan Pace on the back. I think we also need to pat John Gruden on the back for allowing this to happen. And I'm really interested to hear a uh, Nick's John Gruden impression about Cleo Mack being traded to the bears. Oh man, you are putting me on the spot. I, <laughs> I am all congested. Uh, man, I don't even know what, what would Gruden be saying? Come on, man. Right? Is that? I think that's what it would be. <laughs> that's it? Just a come on, man? Just, that's all, just that's... that because, I mean, he is banking $100 million. So he's, he's set. To the Bears. To the Bears, man. <laughs> well, there we go. We're ending the show on a quite an odd note. I, I, feel, I feel weird. But uh, all right, Bears fans, that's going to do it for this episode, this special bonus emergency episode, whatever you want to call it. That's what it was. I hope you've enjoyed our Honestly, I don't even, it's analysis, but it's also like our reaction and us kind of talking through this trade uh, as it all kind of unfolds. So, yeah, we'll be back here in a couple of days to begin our Bears Packers preview. I know in the previous episode I said that would be the next time you hear from us, but hey, 
I'm not complaining to talk to you a little bit sooner. So barring any other unforeseen moves, we'll talk to you uh, to start previewing Bears Packers five to maybe six part preview here. So a bunch of episodes coming your way. And again, yeah, subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't yet. Plenty of awesome content in store for you as well. But until next time, enjoy your weekend. Remember where you were when you heard the news that Khalil Mack was traded to Chicago Bears. And of course, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.